All right, here we go. On the last Sunday morning of May, Memorial Day weekend, hope you guys are having a great weekend out there. You are tuned in to Out of Line on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM, flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm Brian Feldman. We're here every Friday morning at 8. I am joined in studio by producer Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing a plethora of shows at Lotus Broadcasting, is also the um, locker room reporter for Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. He also does the pre-pregame show on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas uh, of the UNLV football broadcast. It'll be coming up again this fall. Um, Once again, the show is on every Sunday morning, and you can follow us on our social media sites at Adeline Fox LV, and Adeline is spelled O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. And if you feel like it, hey, the show is live. Your calls are welcomed. 847-1340. Give us a call. That's 702 um, eight seven six. Eight seven six. My my, my bad. This morning uh, it says eight four two. I don't know where I got that from. But uh, l- listen, uh, j- definitely check us out. We're going to be talking some Golden Knights, and uh, we'll go into what's on tap today. Is brought to you by our title sponsor, Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, Residential Bank Corp. is the company to turn to for all of your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp. Funding America. One neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 to get information on all of the home financing options currently available in the state of Nevada. On tap, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Two chances so far to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals, and both have failed. Uh, Game six now. We'll be back in Dallas on Monday night. We'll talk a lot about that during nightcap and uh, see if we can figure out what's going on and um, is this team going to be able to win in Dallas, win in game seven? They got two chances to win one game. We'll see what they can do. Also, uh, the NBA will have a game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals, that magnificent run by the Miami Heat uh, Man, three straight wins now for Boston. They've peeled them off, and now they've got gained seven in Boston Garden. Jimmy Butler has proved to be human, and Caleb Martin, remember that name? We'll talk about him as well, as he has been killing it for the Miami Heat. Las Vegas Aces, champions of the WNBA in 2022, um, have kicked off their season, or I should say tipped off their season. 3-0 and to start. They're playing again today at Michelob Ultra Arena at the Mandalay Bay Event Center, and uh, it should be pretty cool. Uh, they are giving out to the first 7,500 fans that show up today for the game a uh, championship banner, a replica championship banner, a pretty cool collector's item, and, uh, and again, the Las Vegas Aces go for four in a row today. John Jiggy Maxwell, the media relations director, is going to be joining us a little bit later on to talk about that, tell you how you can get tickets, and um, Las Vegas Aviators will be back in town just after Memorial Day for a six-game homestand. You can check them out at the Las Vegas Ballpark, and the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500 taking place less than an hour after this show ends. That is what's on tap if you are looking to buy a home or to refinance the home you currently own. Contact Residential Bank Corp., the company that is funding America one neighbor at a time. Call 702-964-5720 for details on current home financing options in Nevada. Mags, let's get right to it, man. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. 
3-2, or I should say 4-2 in regulation last night. A lot of the games have gone to overtime. Uh, and the Dallas Stars come from behind twice. They go to the third period tied 2-2 and um, end up scoring two unanswered goals in the fourth period and win the hockey game. Third and period. Third period, yeah, fourth period, right? Third period. May, fourth period is where we go drink. Well, the, the, the fourth period, there's been a lot of those in this postseason, Mags. As many almost as there have been in NFL in NHL history, it's been pretty incredible. But um, last night, you know, you texted me during the game that you had a bad feeling when they tied the game at 2-2. And um, I know I had the same feeling. I was just trying to push it out of my head. It just looked like the Dallas Stars were the better team last night. And it, you know, crisper passing, puck handling just better. And, you know, what's scary is they're missing one of their best scorers in Jamie Benn for the last two games. They get him back for game six in Dallas on Monday. And that scares the hell out of me. You know, Brian, there, there, there's a lot to unpack for these last two games of the Golden Knights. Um we could start with game four where they take the one nothing lead and almost immediately after they take that one nothing lead, Mark Stone has an opportunity to give them a two nothing lead. And I think if that if he scores, series is over. Dallas down two nothing first period at home, down three nothing in the series. Unfortunately, history will look at that a little bit different. Jake Ottinger comes up with a big save and he he Dallas goes down a score, tie at 1-1. Well, after a, a, a penalty to Brandon McNabb for a high stick, he took two of them in that game, and Dallas scored on both of those power plays. But later in that game, they're 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 up two to one. Jack Eichel has a two on one opportunity, and once again, Jake Ottinger has his number. Almost immediately after that save, Dallas goes down. They tie the game. Nobody scores in the third period. Look, Brian, the the the, the, the sickening feeling. Right now is the Golden Knights are not taking advantage of their opportunities. They go up one nothing yesterday. Bruce Cassidy sends the it, it what in my opinion was the best threesome, best line of the night. The Carlson Riley Smith. It's been Nick, a good line Nick throughout Wall the line, series, and they they force some pressure. They almost score to put Vegas up two to nothing. It doesn't work out. Almost immediately, those guys come off, and the fourth line comes on. I think maybe not in that particular. I don't. I don't know if the fourth line was on right after those guys, but fourth line comes on, and they get dominated by Dallas's fourth line, and they get a goal from uh, Luke Glendening on a tip in to tie the game. Vegas then goes up two to two to one. There wasn't an opportunity, I didn't think, to extend the lead to three to one, and almost immediately that they go up two to one. Dallas comes down and ties the game. Look. He, it's if you're a Golden Knights fan, you're certainly a little more cautious, I'd say, to the idea that you're going to go to the Stanley Cup final. The reality is these guys just have not been good the last two games. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Um, I know we've got some audio and I think the the, the cut from Cassidy. I, I had to leave my question in because he starts answering before I finish, but you know, Mark Stone talked about the, the the urgency or lack thereof at moments of the game. I don't understand how that could be the case, other than the fact that maybe you just don't believe that this is possible that you could blow this three nothing series lead. Um, I know I know I pissed some people off yesterday when I asked the question: Are they going to blow a three nothing lead again to Pete and Joe Pavelski? Oh my God! And <laughs> you know the the the, the question becomes. You still have to lose two more games. 
And I don't care who who you're playing, for someone to have to beat you four straight times is tough. But I know some guys don't believe in momentum. I do. I believe that momentum is a thing. Maybe it's maybe it's not a real like in the ebb and flow of a game. I, I think mentally momentum is a thing. Yeah, and in, I was going to say in the ebb and flow of any game, you see momentum shifts all the time. It's yeah. a huge thing. So so I I, I I think Brian, you're now you've now lost two straight games. I think in the back of your mind, you start to think, is it possible that this could happen? Like yeah. can, like. And you listen to Dallas, and they certainly believe that they're they're going to come back. Do you have any of DeBoer? No, from the, uh, I, I don't. But. I, I got to tell you something. You know, we've we've seen. I don't know how many times, how many press conferences we have been in that Pete DeBoer has attended when he was a coach of the San Jose Sharks, and of course, uh, coaching here for the Vegas Golden Knights. I have never quite heard him like that. Almost pompous, Chris. Uh, I don't want to say overconfident. I don't know if it was a cockiness uh, or just. I mean. He was ready to put, he's just ready to go. He's fired up. And I think, you know, he was feeling the heat after down three, you know, getting a lot of flack and saying, hey, this team has been in every game. I mean, look at they're going to overtime and losing. And I just think he's just pumped up and wants to just kind of put it in everyone's face like, look, we're not a dog. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to look at it from his perspective because I, I, I like Pete and I, I think Pete's a really good coach. But I'm, I'm trying to put myself in his perspective. And that is, we're down three to nothing to these guys. The team that fired me, the team that fired Steve Spot, the team that traded away Colin Miller, who happens to play for the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Quiet series for Colin, but nonetheless, he, he's he's part of that team. The team that traded away Vigeti Dodonov, who hasn't played the last two games, ironically, but. We have an opportunity to repeat or, or to do something that's never been done in the history of the NHL, and that's be down three to nothing in a conference final and come back and win that series. From the perspective of Pete and those players that I mentioned and Steve Spot, would there be anything in life more sweeter than coming back in this situation and beating the team that fired you? At the end of last season, I think if I'm Pete, I'd be the same way. Granted, you haven't won anything yet, but I think in Pete's mind, he he's thinking, you know what? We are two plays away from winning this series four games to one. Because in games one and two, you went to overtime. It only would have taken one play in overtime in both of those games to win. And Aiden Hill has played spectacular. That's that's the and that's that's the biggest problem I have. The fact that Aiden Hill, outside of one goal he gave up yesterday, mm-hmm. since he came into the series against Edmonton, other than the first game he, he started against I, Edmonton, he has been on fire. I think after Jonathan Marchessault, he's been their best player yeah. since since he's come into the lineup. Yep. Now you can make the case that Eichel's been their best player in the playoffs. I certainly am here for that. But since he's come in in that Edmonton series, Brian, I think he's been maybe well, the, their, their you first have to say, Chris, they could easily, as you said, every game has been close. They've been winning yeah. in overtime. They could easily, this series could be over the other way already. And, and after, what, after I, five I, I games. guess the, the, what, in my mind, and, and I'm not a player, I've never played hockey, but I've played other sports, and I, I'm a competitor. I hate losing. And I, I would imagine Mark Stone hates losing, and Jack Eichel hates losing, and... and 
Shea Theodore and, and William Carlson, and, and I know Zach Whitecloud hates losing <laughs> because he's told me he hates to lose. So um, in my mind, I'm thinking, how can I win? Like, like, like what's, what's going to make me happy winning, right? But you, you, what, what bothers me is the intensity from the Edmonton series games five and six, when they just absolutely took care of business against the Oilers. I, I don't, I, I haven't seen that level of well, play. Spe- well, I, 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 I thought we did in game three. I mean, they really yeah, dominated but, but, but Dallas they? Def- defensively. They, they turned they, it off when they went up three to nothing. They did, but they, they played well defensively. They shut them out. I mean, they yeah, played, yeah, they, they, they did, they but, played but, well but defensively. They didn't need to play that style in that game because the game was over after the first period. Correct. But what I'm but, saying but is, you, you, my, my, what, what, what pisses me off. And I'm going to put my fan hat on here. I'm going to take off the the ob- objective media member. What pisses me off is yesterday, after laying a stinker in Game Four, you come home and you put out that type of effort where you have 24 giveaways, 24, 24 giveaways. giveaways, and it's a tie game after the second period. And, and, You're and, still in it. But but that's the thing. When we play Mark Stone's audio, and he says, and I'm paraphrasing here, you'll you'll get to hear. Well, we didn't play our best. Go ahead, play it. Okay, all right, here we go. Is it more so just them playing with desperation, or is it something you guys aren't doing right now? Well, I don't think we've brought our best the last two games. We've still been on uh, uh, a good spot to win the game, so um, definitely got to bring a a little bit better effort to uh, start playing a little more desperate. with a, with a chance to wrap it up. Seems like their puck retrieval in the offensive zone has been really good. Is that something you guys, like, is there a positioning you guys can do better on that, or is it just a race to the pucks? No, we just got to execute better. We're not breaking out well at all. Um, just execution, um, winning battles, uh, and getting pucks going the other way. Pete said before the game, if they win tonight, puts the pressure on you guys. Do you agree? These are her Western Conference Finals, right? Uh, I just trying to make a story in the media, I think, right? There's pressure on both teams to try and make the Stanley Cup final. Um, uh, game six is on Monday night, um, and we want to win it, so uh, we'll bring our best effort. You mentioned playing with a little more desperation. Is that something you could just turn on? Well, I mean, we've... I don't know. We've, we've played good hockey um, through stretches of these games, right? Um, We've really taken over uh, parts of the games, and we just got to consistently do it uh, for the majority of the game. Like we had two uh, two one goal leads in, in both those games, um, and they've you know tied it up two three shifts uh, three three shifts after we've uh, taken that lead. We got to have a more killer instinct to, to go push and get that next goal. What have they been doing a little bit differently to get more shots? You guys following them up games one and two it seems like that's a couple games. I'm not sure. Um, just looking pucks from everywhere. Um, I don't even really remember a lot of their goals. Um, obviously, there's some mistakes by us and some of the turnovers. Uh, giving them a little too much respect through the neutral zone. But um, like I said, we um, we've put ourselves in the position to uh, uh, to win one game to to advance, um, and we got to continue to have that focus. What, what do you mean by that? Too much respect through the neutral zone? Well, I think we're kind of backing up a bit. Um, and you look at that second goal. I think we had four guys uh, across the blue line, um, and we let them enter through the middle of the ice. So uh, I got to start taking away the middle of the ice a little bit better. Yeah, he played well. Uh, he gave us a chance to win. Uh, made a huge save early in the third. Uh, to keep it at 2-2. Uh, like I've said uh, before, he's uh, 
He hasn't landed any bad goals, knock on wood. Uh, he's given us a chance to win every night he's been in. He has given him a chance to win every night, of course, talking about Aiden Hill and how well he's played. But, yeah, you know, it is crazy that that, that desperation should be something built into not something they need to reestablish. You see it in the Dallas Stars. And, yeah, they are desperate. I mean, they're, they're in must-win situations. But they're playing like that. And it's it, Dallas, again, wasn't playing poorly in the first couple of games. Game four was the, the worst game that they played. Or, excuse me, game three was the worst game they played. But in the first two games, overtime, Chris. So, I well, mean, they're not playing bad. Brian, here. Here, here's my problem. The first question Mark Stone answers, he says, at times, or he says, we haven't played our best these last two games, yet we've had an opportunity to win. Why aren't you playing your best if the motivation of having an opportunity to go play for the Stanley Cup isn't enough to force you to play your best hockey of the season in these last two games, what the hell are we doing? Why are we even going through this exercise? If that is not enough motivation yeah. to force you to play your best hockey, why are you even out there? Like, what are we doing? I like Mark Stone. I think he's a great leader. That comment to me, if I'm a fan and I'm sitting... As a media member, it's a turn off. I sit here and and it pisses me yeah, off. It's a turn off. Why are you only playing your best hockey at stretches? And look, the Dallas Stars are a very good team. They're they're well coached. They've got a superstar, couple superstars in Rope Hints and Jason Robertson. But the reality is, those guys didn't beat you yesterday. You gave up goals, two goals to tie Delandria, who didn't even play games one and two. Yeah, he scratched the first because games. he's not good enough to be in their lineup. <laughs> he's young, and he scores two goals against you. You give up a goal to Luke Clendenning, who isn't a great player. Look, these guys are all good players at that level, but obviously there's great players and there's good players. I think I I I Chris, I do think Delandria is gonna be a hell of a player in the National Hockey League. He's twenty two. I don't care what he does I, five I, years I, from I know now. What you're I'm saying. talking right I, now. I know what you're saying. But you know what? Pete DeBoer is pushing the right buttons. He knew he saw something in this kid that said, you know what, I gotta get him in the yeah, lineup. You know what he saw? He didn't have other guys to play. Well, yeah, Jamie Ben's out. The guy's injured. You know, Chris, and that's the whole thing, too. You know, talking about the lack of motivation. I mean, for God's sakes, you know if you lose this game, they're getting their captain back, who uh, scores a lot of goals and is yeah, very, he very... he scored a goal in this series and, and, and send it and to not, overtime. And not only that, a very physical player that seems to have Mark Stone's number, aside from the fact well, that he did that terrible cross-check. And when I say that, Chris, the two of them have had problems with each other all season long. They're always mixed it up well I mean, and like the like jamie ben i i understand why he was suspended he needed to be suspended oh, agree 100%. His, his, ex, his explanation was clown yeah it was, it was crap but it was a lie you know his, his nonsense and that that's done and over with if you're vegas you move on you know how, you know you know how motivated they're gonna be when he gets back on well, the they ice may in get game to six. back too yeah and 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 you've given them life yeah. Why? Because you've screwed around and you haven't played your best hockey. I, I, I mean, even the question I asked him, can you turn the desperate, you, you, you mentioned a lot. Yeah, can you just turn it on? And the long pause. Yeah. He didn't have an answer for you, Chris. He was, he was flabbergasted. And, you know, as you mentioned, the real bothersome thing 
with Aiden Hill playing the best hockey by far of his career. First postseason experience. This guy has done so much more than you could have even asked him for. Both him and Laurent Brossois, the two that have gotten them to this point, have played so well. And a couple of the saves that Aiden Hill made yesterday were absolutely world-class hockey saves. And how that doesn't motivate you on the offensive end to say, my God, our goaltender is literally keeping us in this game. Let's do something for him. And they just couldn't. Well, you heard Jack. You you, you heard Jonathan Marchessault after Game Four, his post game comments made me believe they were going to come out yesterday and and play their best hockey of the postseason. We let our goalie down. He played a great game, and we didn't do enough for him. Well, where the hell was that yesterday? Yeah. He he has a highway robbery save on point blank range. I believe it was Rope Hints yeah. right in front of the net. Literally, this guy scores that goal. Probably, I don't know, 75 out of the 100 best times. best offensive player of the postseason I at mean, this point. I he, mean, he, he is lethal. And Aiden Hill makes an unbelievable save. Third period, he made another unbelievable save when it was 2-2. All you needed to do was be better than the Dallas Stars for one period yesterday, the third period. Yep. and At home. At home. With an opportunity to move on to the Stanley Cup final. And you didn't do it. And now you have to go back to Dallas. I know these guys can't be happy about having to go back to Dallas. They would have had a couple days off. Now you're probably looking at Game Seven, and anything and no rest because the game Game One of the Stanley Cup Finals Saturday. is Saturday, regardless of so, what happens. So in the next two you're, games. You, you, you're you're losing a day because Friday is going to be media day. So Thursday's your rest day. You're not going to get any practice in on. The Florida Panthers, you're not going to, I mean, I'm sure you'll watch some video, but you're not going to get a lot of ice time to try to work on your systems. So, And you got two games where somebody else could get hurt, you know, I mean, well, I mean for God's sake. I, 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 think, I think they've you, got a couple of injured guys. Yes. Like, I think, I think. Well, Braden McNabb is somebody that, you know, Chris, we did want to talk about. You and I talked about him after the game. Not only is he non-existent, he, he's just, he's not the Braden McNabb we're used to seeing. And, and there's no question there's something wrong with him. I mean, Braden McNabb probably throws, if not the best, in the top three or four best hip checks in I mean, the National he, Hockey he's League. He's great, yeah. And, and I mean, also, he's the second leading shot blocker on this team in one of the tops in the National Hockey League, yeah. and he is just not doing those things. Martinez is blocking shots, blocked a big one with his foot, and you saw he got hurt again yesterday. I don't know what that's going to look like in another day when that foot swells up. Is he going to get it in a skate? Because it definitely hit him square on the foot, the part of the, the skate that's not protected. Yeah. And also, he got he got beat a couple times. I'm watching Shea Theodore get beat. I'm watching Zach Whitecloud almost get a terrible giveaway that almost cost yeah. him a goal last night. These things have got to stop happening. Well, 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 we could start with McNabb and Theodore, and I don't think I'm going out on any limb when I say that that pairing has been the worst pairing for the Golden Knights in this series. They are... They haven't been themselves. Well, we know Ma- Theodore supposedly has a broken hand well, that he I went to the playoffs I, 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 don't, I don't think it's that, because when, no, you, when, no, when but, some of the comments you hear Bruce Cassidy making about Shea Theodore, doesn't lead me to believe that he's He's not giving him any excuses right now. I I think it's more of a mental thing, the way way it's going on. But he did have a beautiful assist yesterday. I think think McNabb is is hurt. He didn't play game, I think it was game five against Winnipeg. He didn't play. Um, He he was injured earlier in that series, and then I think he left the game in game four, came back and finished. Uh, But here's the problem you're running into. 
Those two guys have clearly been by far and away your your worst defensive pairing in this series. McNabb's taken some really uncharacteristic penalties. Yep. Uh, he, as you mentioned, he's not throwing his weight around. The, the The problem is you've only got one Ben Hutton, and Ben Hutton. I I trust Ben Hutton. I think Ben Hutton's a a, a good player. I think if Ben Hutton played for a lot of other teams in the yeah, NHL, he'd be, the he, he'd be he'd be getting a lot of ice yep. time for for another team in this league. That's a luxury the Golden Knights have. They're deep. Problem is you only got one. If you take one of those guys out of the lineup, McNabb or, or Theodore, I don't know which one, first of all, and how much does it disrupt what you're doing. I mean, I, I, I would imagine at this point, Ben Hutton as an option can't be worse than what you've got out there right now. No, I, I, Chris, Ben Hutton can play, and I think that you need to bring him in. Uh, you know, the guy after him would probably be Braden Patchell, and I, I, I don't want to see him right now in the, in the yeah, Stanley Paul, Cup. Yeah, Paul, 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 yeah. yeah he, he probably shouldn't be playing unless there's a... Well, if if, you, if there's injuries, if you, you have, have to. No he's, your, yeah. he's your second he's your defenseman after, and, and, after yeah. Hutton. And, you know... It just it, another guy too, Chris. I mean, their best defensive player, their their alternate captain. Uh, you know, at times Alex Petrangelo is Alex Petrangelo. At other times, Chris, I'm seeing this guy fumble the puck. I'm seeing him yeah. let pucks get out, get, get past him, and get out of the blue line. Get he, past the blue line. He has been their their best defenseman in in the playoffs. Yep, by far. He he's he to me he he's he's been every he's done everything you could have asked for him from him. He wasn't good yesterday. No, and and, and, and he, they can't afford for him not that's, to be. That's good, the Chris. problem because with with the struggles of McNabb and Theodore, you can't have Petrangelo with an off night. And look, I I know you you mentioned White Cloud. Look, White Cloud to me is a guy who who goes out there every day and he does his job. And and I have never I'll never question anything that guy does. He make he made a mistake. It happens. But Nick Haig wasn't physical yesterday. Like I like engaged physically, Nick Haig. Like to me, Nick Haig is is a guy who should always be letting the other team know that he's on the ice. He he has the ability because first of all, he he's tougher than I mean. Look, I, I he he can fight. He's a tough, tough kid. Well, he's big. Chris. He's not a kid anymore. He's a man. And right? He's he's a, he's a tough, tough guy. On but, skates, he's like seven feet tall. Yeah. So. He has the ability to be that guy that when he's out on the ice, other teams are worried about where he is. He's got that ability. He doesn't do it enough. But I I I like he he ended up being the guy who shoved um I think it was I well it it, it was Delandria who was shoved into I No, I don't on their fourth goal they looked at possibly goalie interference, but but uh, I, I don't remember who it was that was shoved, but Haig shoved him into Hill and then allowed Delandria to score the goal. But um, look, it, game game five is done. You have to flush that now, and you need to focus 100% on tomorrow night. And Brian, I don't want to hear the excuse, well, we ha- we didn't play our best, but we had an opportunity to win. No, that will not fly. That will not fly. I hear that and I get I, I get enraged. It's unacceptable at this level for you to not go out there and play your best game of the season the last two nights with what's at stake. 
I, I, I don't understand. And look, there's guys I know who played their ass off yesterday. That Carlson line, they played their asses they off. Did. They did. Jack Eichel played his ass off. I'd like to see Eichel shoot a little more, but I can live with 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 that because defensively he's been so good. You know, and, 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 like that was one of the things we heard. Oh, he doesn't play defense. That's baloney. Jack Eichel's been one of their best defensive. No, Jack Eichel's played really well. We need him to score more. Yes, yes. Got, he's got the book and put the I, I, I want to see Jack Eichel and Mark Stone score more. Do more. what the superstars for the Dallas yeah. Stars are doing. What the superstars for the Edmonton Oilers did. He needs to have a game where he cements his legacy as one of the best players in the NHL. Go out and score two goals and have an assist in a series clinching game. And write your name in history. He's been setting up a lot. I mean, twelve assists is pretty yeah, damn yeah, good. Brian, no, no, like, no, 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 no I, complaints I, about like that. Like I said, I think he's been their best player yes. from from day one. But he needs to have a game where he he dominates a game on the score sheet. Yeah, no, I agree. He has. He got doesn't a, have a goal in the series, Brian. Yeah, it's unacceptable. I mean, he 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 has like, got. He has I, got I watch to them. Score. I watch them on the power play, and. They pass the puck around so much. He sits there in in the in, in the circle, and teams basically give him space because they know he's not going to shoot. You got to have him. I mean, I mean, part of the reason that that Seattle took Dallas to seven games was because Jason Robertson wasn't putting the puck in the net. Yeah. You, your top guy has got to score. It's like, that like simple. He he is a a great player, Brian. Like like I don't think I realized how good he was. Until I started watching more no, at the end of the season, is unbelievable. But like he he's so good on the puck, he's so smart, and he he does get back. He back checks. You know that was old. Oh, I could you know well, Chris. Buffalo. What else he is is he is so fast. I yeah. don't, I don't think people take into account like, how quick and he gets he's, he's going. He's a bigger guy. Like he's not a small guy. But well, those players, the great ones, I, you know, I, they're, they're fast, and then they have that gear. And when they shift gears, they go faster than everyone I, else. I want to see those him guys. do what some of the all-time Mark Messier, yeah. guys like that. I want to see him step up and have a game where everyone around the league says, Man, Jack Eichel's really freaking yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll, you know, there, there's no question. As good as Jason Robertson is, as as important as Pavalski is. Um, the best player on the ice, talent-wise, is Jack Eichel in this series. He is the best player between these two teams as far as a skill set goes on the ice. Jack Eichel makes moves that very few people can. You know, you see the great ones in every sport. I used to watch Barry Sanders and just marvel at some of the things he could do in the NFL. Jack Eichel, there's been a couple times, Chris, where he has literally skated around every player on the other team like they're pylons and puts the puck in the net to show us that he has that kind kind of skill set. And so you do expect him to take over a game. And you are right. Game six in Dallas, this would be that game. Dallas is pumped up. And the one thing, if there's anything that the Vegas Golden Knights have going for them, and I don't think it's much in this game because how excited Dallas is going to be. Their crowd, they forced a game six. They've won two games when they were pretty much on life support and out of it. 
but that could be a little bit of overconfidence. Just thinking we're getting Jamie Ben back. There's no way we're losing Game Six. That could bode well for the Vegas Golden Knights if they go in with intensity and focus, and that's what they have to do. Focus is the key thing. Little things like what Riley Smith did at the end of the game, Chris. That is simply a lack of focus when the puck is jumping over your stick. You know you're trying to either do too much or you're not dialed in the way you should be. That can't happen. It was in the waning moments of the game and like. Twice, Riley Smith let the puck get back into the neutral zone, out of the offensive zone, when they had to score two goals. That can't happen, and that is a lack of focus, and that's something that, again, has to change going forward. And But it might be to their advantage in Game 6 because I think pretty much everyone, I'm one of them, doesn't think that the Golden Knights are going to come out of Game 6 with a win. I think they're going to have to do it in Game 7 at T-Mobile Arena. I just think there's going to be so much energy in Dallas uh, tomorrow night. I just don't know how Vegas wins that game. But anything can happen in the NHL. But again, you do not want to get to a one-game winner-take-all against this team no matter where it's being played. And uh, we're seeing it in both leagues, the NHL and the NBA. Uh, we've seen historical runs by teams. Uh, you know, the Miami Heat and, of course, the the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers did it. They sweep and get there. Miami Heat looked like they were going to do it. Now here we've got a Game 7, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But uh, we're watching that in the NHL. The key to me to winning this game, Chris, is you're going to have to get another lights-out performance by Aiden Hill. He's going to maybe even have to play better than he has, and I don't know how he can do that. And the stars have got to come out. Jack Eichel, Mark Stone... I I think you need to see that production line that you're talking about with Riley Smith and William Carlson. As good as they've played, they need to keep putting the puck in the net. William Carlson's been spectacular. They need more out of him, but I think the keys are the stars have got to come out, and Aiden Hill maybe has to give his best performance for them to win Game 6. Well, Brian, my last thought on this is you have two games left, potentially, in your season. Jake Ottinger is one of the most money goalies in closeout games in recent history. He's not as good as Vasilevsky, but he's close. Not he, as good as Bobrovsky right now. He, <laughs> he here's here's the, the 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 part that scares me. He hasn't had to steal a game in this series. Not yet. That's all I'm going to say. Not yet. We'll see what happens. That game, of course, coming up on um, tomorrow night, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a hockey game. I think in Dallas, I think the Vegas Golden Knights, again, the key is focus, determination, and as we talked about earlier, urgency. This There has to be urgency in this game. You can't lean on the fact you still got Game 7 at home. You have to win this game. 5 o'clock tomorrow night, it is going to be a good one. Real quickly, moving over to the NBA, um, you know, Chris, I, I got to tell you, you know, I, I, I ran it and raved and ran it and raved about Jimmy Butler and and how great of a postseason player he is, which he is. He is Superman in the postseason at one point, close, averaging 30 points a game up until they get to three wins against the Boston Celtics. And all of a sudden, the Boston Celtics steal game four, a game that I think Miami just assumed we got this series. No team's ever come back from a 3 nothing deficit. The Boston Celtics are the first team, the, uh, the fourth team in history to come back from a 3 nothing deficit to tie a series. No one has ever completed it and actually won the seven-game series. I don't want it to see the Celtics. Sorry, man. I, I just don't. I, I, I appreciated the Boston Red Sox when they came back against the New York Yankees and won that series. It was exciting. It was fun, even though it came on the wake of a horrible collapse by the Detroit Tigers. Um, I 
don't want to see Boston with another record like this, but it is going to be an awful tall order for the Miami Heat to go into Boston Gardens and win that game after Boston's won three straight games. Jason Tatum has found his rhythm. He's finally scoring baskets in the fourth quarter. He's scoring them throughout the entire game now. You know, the play of Marcus Smart has been great. Of course, Brown, Jalen Brown, uh, as important as anybody in the NBA right now as far as moving his team forward. And of course, the play of White, just an unbelievable shot at the end of the game a putback with like less than it was like in between .2 and .1 seconds when he puts the ball back in the thing or the Miami Heat right now are in the NBA Finals. The Celtics have played really good. They're without question the better team on paper, especially Miami without a guy like Tyler Hero. You know, they're relying on a guy like Duncan Robinson now, the old Michigan guy, to be their long term Chris, he had three open excuse me, two open looks from three point land. One with about a minute and 28 seconds to go and one with under a minute to go. Wide open looks, one in transition, a great pass from Bam Adebayo, hits it over to him. He's wide open in transition on the wing and misses his second three-pointer. Either one of the go- those goes in. Miami moves on. I think Tyler Hero hits one or both of those shots if he's available because he's more of a clutch and a money player. That's, he's an well, NBA star. Well, look, let, let, let's be honest about the Miami Heat. They, they were the number eight seed for a reason. They got lucky because Giannis was injured in their series against Milwaukee. And the Knicks, well, the Knicks are the Knicks. They never should have been up three games to none in this series. Boston is the better team. And I will never forgive the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> for drafting Markel Fultz over Jason Tatum. Unbelievable, isn't it? Like, like, and, 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 and look, the Celtics are here because the Sixers are a joke. Unbelievable. That is one of the worst you, first draft you, picks. You know what, what amazes me about the Sixers? I like Joel Embiid. He shouldn't have been the MVP. It well, should have been Jokic. No, but, he but, should. But, you're right. But he averaged almost 32 you, points a game in the back, regular season, though. You but. go back and look at their drafts over the last few years when they were trust the process. There's a lot of hot garbage that they drafted in the top few picks. Jalil Okafor is that bozo even in the league still? Like Markel Fultz. I think I think he's still in the league. I think he, he plays with the Magic. Yeah, he's in the league. Another but I mean, franchise but that, I mean, that the NBA about, should retract. You but. know, you understood. You know when, uh, and and I can't believe his name. When when the, the worst number one pick in history that came out of UNLV a couple of years back, Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett. There, there, that was a one you know of all times. It wasn't a it, great draft. No, he got really lucky because it was one of the weakest drafts that I can remember. Giannis but, was was taken when, in that draft. When you've but, got, but you didn't know what was going to no, come out no, of him. Of course, when yeah. you've got a guy like Jason Tatum, who you know has star built all over him. I, I just didn't understand the draft. I thought for sure to me he was the clear cut number one, and I couldn't believe Philadelphia took Markel Foles. I was I was shocked. But that being said, Chris, getting to the series right now between these two, you know, probably one of the most surprising things in the series has been the play of Caleb Martin. We saw him play for a few years at UNR here at UNLV. Never that I didn't think the guy was a good player, and you could definitely see that he had NBA talent and he was highly touted. I mean, they were you know Musselman couldn't talk enough about the Martin brothers. Caleb 
Caleb and Cody Martin, um, you know, Caleb being the better of the two. I didn't see this kind of an NBA player coming out of this guy. A lot of times you don't. But, you know, you know you're listening to the game, and early on in Game 6 in Miami, you know, it was all Caleb Martin in the first period. He had more than half the team's points in the first half, in the first quarter, excuse me. And, uh, you know, you heard at the beginning of the game, Kevin Harlan, uh, Stan Van Gundy, and Reggie Miller talking about Caleb Martin. And when I heard this, I'm like, wow, can you believe this? And this was what they had to say about Caleb Barton early in the first quarter of uh, the game last night. Here comes Martin, sheds the defense. Oh, he is now with three in a row. So Martin is three of three, and Jalen Brown is three of three. You can make a case. He's been the most consistent scorer for the Heat all series long. If the series ended right now, Miami won by two, which they're up right now. I vote him as the MVP of the series. Can you believe Stan Van Gundy said if the series ends right now, even disregarding what Jimmy Butler did in games one through three of the series, that Caleb Martin would be the MVP of this series? I don't necessarily agree with that entirely, but Caleb Martin has scored double digits in every single game, Chris. And, you know, yesterday in the first quarter alone, he was five of seven from the field, two from two from three point land, absolutely out of his mind, 14 points, and I should say he had total in the first. First half, yet at the end of the game, 41 minutes, 21 points, and 15 rebounds. A huge double double in a losing effort. And again, the the Celtics got very lucky with that putback by White at Derek White at the end of the game to force the game seven. And now you know the Heat are in trouble. But I don't think you can overstate the play of Caleb Martin in this series. Yesterday, he gets the nod and the start instead of Kevin Love. This guy has been nothing but just a lifesaver for the Miami Heat, especially that the fact that they don't have Tyler Hero in this series. Uh, no one's even talking about Tyler Hero, although I think he might be able to be back for Game 7. They said he would be. he's cleared for court appearance. He just hasn't been cleared to play yet. He definitely would be back if they made it to the NBA Finals against Denver. But Chris, what about this kid? And you know what it says to me, and I mentioned it to you before we got on the air today, is the recruiting of Eric Musselman and what a great coach he is. It's no fluke that this guy gets get, is, I'll turn this Arkansas ba- basketball program into a legit program and a team that went to the Sweet 16 having no business to be there. Don't judge them by how they got wiped out by UConn. UConn was a juggernaut in this tournament. And uh, But the bottom line is, Chris, Caleb Martin is something special. Yeah, he's, he's been really good. Um you know, I, 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 but I do think the series is over. I think the Celtics are going to win, and I think they're going to win rather easily. Yeah, well, the bottom line is is it it is going to be tough for them to win this series. You know, for for Miami to come back, and this has to this has gone to Game Seven because of Boston's three point shooting. They need to do both defense uh, on Monday night, and uh, if they play defense, Chris, and they continue to shoot three pointers like that. The Boston Celtics are going to the NBA Finals. They're at home. It is going to be an awful tough call. But again, I refuse to come to ever count out Jimmy Butler. He has been money, and I still think this guy's got enough left in the tank to carry this team. I think it's going to be a hell of a game in Boston. I'm going to say the Boston Celtics are going to get it, going to win Game Seven. It's the easy way out. But I still don't think you can count out Jimmy Butler. And once again, he is a cat in a corner, and there might not be anybody more dangerous in the National Basketball. So 
Association than Jimmy Butler when his back is up against the wall. Uh, you know, like I said, Jason Tatum, unbelievable. Finally started really playing when they needed to in games four, five, and six. Uh, they're going to need Jason Tatum again, but it'll come down to the superstars. And Jimmy Butler at times is the best player in the world when he wants to be. We'll see what happens if he's got enough gas left in the tank for game seven. Listen, we got a guest on the line that I want to bring in. One of my favorite guys in town, John Jiggy Maxwell. Uh, and uh, John, of course, um, been on the show before, the director of media relations for the Las Vegas Aces. John, first of all, Happy to have you. Thank you for the last-minute request and joining the show. Uh, happy to do it. Uh, the, after last night's game, as exciting as it was and emotional as it was for everybody, as soon as it ended, we all looked at each other and went, okay, we got a game tomorrow at 6 o'clock we haven't even really thought about, so let's go back to work. I've been at the office now for a couple hours, and we got Minnesota today at 6. Yeah, Minnesota today at 6, a big uh, a fan appreciation day. Seven, the first 7,500 fans that get into the building, John, are going to get a souvenir championship banner. That is pretty cool. Get there early, Michelob Ultra Arena. Arena. Talk about that. And if people haven't got tickets yet, how can they go get them? Yeah, so you can always just go to the website. It's the easiest thing to do, LasVegasAces.com, and there's a ticketing link. Well, shoot, there's tons of ticketing links all over the website because you want to make sure you know how to get them. Uh, but access, AXS is our ticketing partner. So you can also go there and search for Las Vegas Aces single game tickets. Really kind of a fun weekend. Uh, you know, you get to raise the championship banner and hand out the rings on a Saturday and then have the big giveaway on Sunday. So hopefully we've got a number of people coming out to catch both games. And of course, we know we do. Our season ticket uh, memberships have gone through the roof. We're closing in on 6,000, which far and away leads the league. And at the end of the year, we may have actually tripled our uh, season ticket memberships over two years. So just a tremendous job, particularly thanks to Becky and the ladies on the court, but the, the front office here has really been killing it. Well, I mean, you, you maybe have the best coach in the WNBA in Becky Hammonds, who a lot of people speculate will become the first female head coach in the National Basketball Association in the near future. That's down the road. But, you know, this team, John, is an all-star team. I mean, you know, the expectations have to be extremely high. You go and pick up Candace Parker and put her on a team that's already the WNBA champions with guards like Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young, who is really coming to her own. It seems like the Olympics has completely lit her up. You've got the League's MVP in Asia Wilson. Um, just just an unbelievable team. I mean, Chelsea Gray, what she did last year in the postseason, especially in the finals, this is a really strong basketball team. I mean, you know, people are talking to me. I, I just got asked last night at the at the Vegas Gold Knights game, do you think it's possible that, that like the, the, the Aces could possibly win every game? I'm like, whoa, 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 slow that down. But, John, this is a team that people talk about like that because they are that good. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, adding a, a Candace Parker, and then I think uh, a little less uh, talked about Alicia Clark, who's an incredible defender, yep. two-time WNBA champion in her own right, has really added to our depth, uh, and we needed it with Raquana Williams still uh, a little ways away from getting back on the court, but we've still got Raquana Williams, you know, in, in the in the wings waiting to get back on the on the court and start launching more threes like she did in the finals last year. So. You're right. It is. Uh, it is a bit of an embarrassment of riches. We. It is an all-star team. I mean, we're shooting 51% as a team, 41% from three-point range as a team. Those are numbers of like your MVP of the league has, not entire teams. So you're going to go through some some ups and downs throughout the course of the season. Health, obviously, every team needs to remain healthy. Los Angeles yesterday. I mean, they were severely depleted. Yeah. They had to sign Ray Burrell, who's a Las Vegas native, in order to have enough players to even play the game because they got something. Running through the uh, through the locker room uh, in terms of an illness, so 
we know it's just three games, a short, a small sample size, but so far looking looking really good and looking like uh, we're definitely going to be competing for a championship come the end of the year. You just got to get there healthy. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, well, you know, I, you know, you saw the the Sparks on Thursday. It was a much closer game, but even in the opener of the season, uh, you know, Vegas just ran away from the storm, and that's a team that can play some basketball as well. This is a really strong team, a lot of fun to watch. Again, today, uh, I should say tonight, six o'clock start, tip off time. Get to Michelob Arena, be one of the first seventy five hundred fans, and you can take home a replica championship banner, which is a pretty cool collector's item, and get to see it, right now the best team in the WNBA at a really cool venue that gets loud, it gets exciting, and gets it done right. Uh, John, appreciate you again joining the show, and I'll definitely see you out there tonight at Michelob Alter Arena. Sounds good. I appreciate you having us on and talking about us as much as you do. Now, get the Golden Knights for the finals, if you would. There you go. Well, if you did, if you saw me, i got a Golden Knights shirt on right now, and I've got a Las Vegas Aces hat on, man. I'm all Las Vegas. Awesome. Great time to be a sports fan in Las Vegas. Absolutely. Once again, John Jiggy Maxwell, uh, Media Relations Director for the Las Vegas uh, Aces, and we appreciate him joining us. Thanks, John. We'll see you today. But Chris, uh, you know, wrapping up a couple of other things, I do want to mention the, the Las Vegas Aviators. You know, I tell people this all the time. Yes, there are going to be the Las Vegas A's. They are coming to town. Everything looks like that's getting finalized. Um, a lot of money going into a new stadium, and uh, that's going to happen eventually, but you still have the coolest minor league ballpark in the country up in uh, Summerlin. The Las Vegas ballpark is it's a, it's a miniature version of just a major league baseball park. you got a pool in the outfield, and if you haven't been out there to see one of those games, you're really missing out. It's some great baseball in Las Vegas. Well, yeah, and there's a reason why minor league baseball has their their championship series in Las Vegas. I mean, it is the best ballpark in minor league baseball, hands down. And I'm a guy who who likes minor league baseball, so I I've worked in the sport. I, I've seen a bit. It's by far and away the best minor league stadium I've ever seen. Um, and, you know, the, the the guys out there do a great job. You know, Jim, Chuck, Don Logan. You know, the man, the man Don Logan is, is, a, is a living legend in this town when it comes to the sports scene. I mean, he's been here longer than everyone, it seems, and, and he knows the city better than anyone. He so, and he cares a lot about the yeah, city, Yeah, he, he's definitely and, – and look, I mean, they, they – I know they're on the road, um, Tacoma for one more, and then they come home. I believe is it Albuquerque? Uh, I think it's El Paso. El Paso yep. Chihuahuas, uh, great name. That's one of the things I love about AAA baseball, Chris. You and I remember right at the end of the fifty ones when they had like the blowout oh, sale. Yes, we were was... running in to get hats. Yeah. I got myself. I had to get myself a, a Chihuahua hat. I, I have yeah. a Chihuahua, so I had yeah. to get an El Paso Chihuahuas hat. I didn't even know you had a dog. Yeah, three uh, of them. Wow. Yeah. I've known you how long, and I didn't know you, know you had that? three dogs. I had, I had Pocket wow. Pitbull, a Basenji, and, uh, and well, actually, actually four of them, but one of them is on hiatus right now. Oh, what are you, what are you living with the daughter? Or? Uh, no, with uh, with my ex's uh, brother-in-law because he bit the, he bit my grandson. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was kind of a bummer. We couldn't euthanize him. I mean, the dog's been around too long. So, yeah, yeah. And that's actually the Chihuahua, but I still love oh, Tiago. And, uh, and and that's even better for the angry Chihuahua, man, the fighting yeah, well, Chihuahuas. Well, I mean, no, knowing some of the girls you date, Chihuahua probably. <laughs> Is, uh, hey, that that is definitely not right. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, I was going to say they look like chihuahuas. <laughs> no, you know they don't. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, the the the, the aviators are, are are it's a great. You know, I was having the conversation with somebody yesterday, actually at at the at the Golden Knights game. Um, who who was? Oh, Paul De Los Santos, who who does a great job with NHL.com. Uh, I've known Paul for seems like twenty years, and 
you know, we, we were having a conversation. He's a big Oakland A's fan, but we were talking about, look, you know, they've got free parking, which in this city right now seems like it's a, it's a it's like gold. Yeah, right. because it's 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 that hot of a commodity. Any place you can find free parking, it's cheap to go to the games. And the games are and, and look, if you like offense, like I hear all the time, oh, I don't like soccer because there's not enough scoring. Go to a triple A baseball game. They won the other night 14-13. That was the final score of the game. 14-13. I mean, I mean it's like, just- like I went to a game a few weeks ago. They uh, ironically against Tacoma. Tacoma had like 16 runs. It got so bad for the Aviators that they had two position players pitch. <laughs> I've but, seen one. I've it, never seen two. No, that's really cool. I wish I would have gone to that game. But it, it is really a good time. It's a great stadium. I know that it gets hot out and there the in the summer. food is cheap. It is. It, it, it's, it's really good. They have dollar beer nights. I mean, they, they really take care of their fans. The it's, fireworks. It's, for, 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 it's a great product. And it's a great value, which is... Like to me, and the best venue venue well, in AAA the site, baseball. The sight lines are great. Yep. You and and look, if you're like me, you like to enjoy the scenery. There's a lot of scenery, a lot of scenery, and, 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 and in several yeah. different ways. Yes, we'll leave it yeah. at that. But I yes. know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, it's a great time, and again, they're in town starting Tuesday. They got a six game set against the El Paso Chihuahuas. Check it out. Also, as I mentioned, the 117th running of the Indy 500. I've been to three of them. I've actually been to three Indy 500. It's always life. been something I would want to go is, to. It was a bucket list thing years and years ago. I took care of it. I actually went to a shortened race that Gordon Johncock won, and it got shortened because of the weather. And you don't see that very. Very often, and my uh, my father and my uncle they went one year, and I don't remember who the guy was who who won, but I know he passed away. He was he was in an accident, like a, a, a an, an Indy car accident or maybe an F one accident, like years later. And I think he was an English guy. This was sometime in the seventies, but uh, I remember my dad telling me because we used to watch it. That was like our Memorial Day weekend. We would go go to my 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 stepmother's parents' beach house down in Ocean City, Maryland. And we would we would grill all weekend, and Saturday morning we, or Sunday morning we'd get up, we'd watch the uh, it's been a bucket, It's been a bucket list thing of mine, Chris, to drive one of those cars. Never, I don't want anyone else on the track with me. I just want to drive one around the track. It's the, 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 the do, coolest. They, do they still do that at the speed? I know they, they I, used to. They had the Richard Petty experience at both for NASCAR and because I know with the with the Indy car, they had they were like two passenger it stopped Indy like cars. before the pandemic, and I haven't heard them bring it back. I tried to sign up for it, but it's you know driving those cars is really cool. But I mean, you know. They to me look like race cars. It's like I've always looked at NASCARs as like zooped up cars, even yeah, though it's na- just a na- body well, on a box. These things, the, the way they've they've put the 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 bars up and the the you know, it seems like it's no longer open cockpit. Yeah. I mean, it is, but they look like spaceships. Now. Yeah, they do. They do, and and in but um, I'm excited about it. I don't like the race as much as before. They separated factions yeah, years well, ago, a, like thirty years uh, ago. Yeah, it and, seems and, like, but it's never been the same as, no, as it used no. to be since then. But you got a guy, Alex Palou, with the Chip Ganassi Racing Team, is on the pole today, and again that starts at nine forty-five this morning. Simon Pagano, a few years ago, Ooh, really, right, right, right after he won the race. It was, it was it was pretty cool. That's crazy, and, and and again, a lot of guys you haven't heard of, but it's a good race, and some really great young drivers coming up. And again, we've got the Formula One coming here next year, which is going to be really exciting on the streets of Las Vegas. Listen, we're out of time. I'm Brian Feldman. I want to thank, of course, uh, John Jiggy Maxwell of the Las Vegas Aces for joining the team, and of course, uh, my producer Chris Magnum Chapman couldn't do this without him. Spencer the Wiz Ostrowski on vacation back next week, and we'll be back next week as well, same time, same place. Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, ninety. 98- 8.9 FM, 1340 AM, and this is Out of Line. I'm Brian Feldman. Bye-bye.